All right, everybody, please turn to the Word of God, Ephesians chapter 6. Good to be in church tonight. Good to be in youth conference. Tell the person next to you, say, it's great to be here. Now, come on, you sound like a deadhead. Tell them now, like you really mean it. Tell them, say, it's great to be here. Look at them, say, you look wonderful. Ah, that was your chance. Some of you boys dropped some game right there. You messed up. Ephesians chapter 6 in your Bible. It's great to be here tonight. Shawnee has done an unbelievable job with all of this decoration and all of everything that you're seeing. Let's give them a hand tonight. I appreciate their hard work and making it so awesome tonight. And it's great to be here. I am from New Jersey. New Jersey. How many of you have never been to New Jersey? Oh, man, you have missed out. How many of you don't care if you ever go to New Jersey? You don't see that? That's not nice. Uh, how many of you want to go to New York City? Yeah, there you go. You want to go right by New Jersey? You don't care about us at all? No love? I'm a preacher's kid. How many of you are preacher's kids? Stand up. All the preacher's kids. Oh, that's the special people in the house. Give them a hand. Appreciate that. I didn't mean they were special like they're wonderful. They we're just special. Special can mean anything. Right? Isn't that true? Like, oh, they're special. <laughs> and uh, I love being a preacher's kid. Don't whine about, hello, Brother Adam. Good to see you there. Front row, brother. Good to see you. I went to Bible college with him. That means we're both getting old. I'm 51. How many of you think that sounds old? Does that sound old? If I'm 51, you must be 50. 49? When's the big 5 0? September, it's coming. Man, alive. But anyway, don't whine if you're a preacher's kid. Oh, it's so hard to be a preacher's kid. No, it's not. And it's life in the goldfish bowl. Uh, please, shut up. You're all right. There's a lot more blessing that comes with being a preacher's kid than there is stuff to whine about. So don't whine. Don't whine. We don't want to do that. Uh, it's an opportunity to be a preacher's kid. Thank you, youth leaders, pastors. And youth leaders, please thank your pastors for coming to this youth conference. I know there's a lot on your church schedule, a lot of different conferences you could go to. But I appreciate you being here. I love Shawnee Baptist Church. Love to come here. Love the Bible. How many of you love your Bible? You love your Bible? Take your Bible. Get radical. Hold it up in the air. Let me see your Bible right there. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. Turn to the person next to you. Give them your favorite verse and why. Tap somebody on the shoulder. Come on now. Let's go. You're thinking. Uh, give them a, get, and give them a good one. Jesus wept. No, no, no. Unless it's really a good reason. One, two, three. I'm back. There we go. So anyway, yeah, New Jersey, Solid Rock Baptist Church, and my dad started our church 1981. He got saved when he was 30 years old. My mom was 28 when she got saved, just the grace of God in their life. And they hit the ground running in the local church. God did a bunch of stuff. We went to Texas. How many of you ever heard the name Lester Roloff? Some of you know that name, Lester Roloff? Yeah. And we went there, and Brother Roloff was in his prime, preaching, leading that ministry. And my dad was greatly influenced by his life. And then he came back to New Jersey. That's where he's from. And we're trying to... Reach the people in the Northeast, where I'm from, Northern Virginia, D.C. area, up through 
Boston in particular, they call that the Northeast Corridor, and we're packed in. Almost one in every four Americans lives in that 400-mile stretch. We're packed in. New Jersey's the most populated state per square mile, and we got a lot of people there that need the Lord, a bunch of heathens up there. And so I flew in from Newark, New Jersey, which is up near New York City uh, this morning, and then I hate to do it. I've got to go back tomorrow because we start our own conference for pastors, Northeast pastors in particular, starting tomorrow night through Thursday night. So I'm, I'm in and out, and I apologize for that because I don't like to do that, but I'm very, very thankful for this opportunity to preach. And I want to make sure tonight that we get something from the Bible. I'm not here, I don't want to sound this wrong, I'm not here to just entertain. I hope the Lord gives us something where we can have fun and be excited, but I, I want God to touch my life. I want God to touch your life, and that's what we're here for. And every time we open up the Word of God, God's trying to do something in our hearts. Now, we need help. We do. Tell the person next to you, say, you need help. And then say this, say, no, no, you really do. I, I mean that. I mean, it's the truth. Um, I've been hanging out with Brother Randy. Brother Randy needs help. And Brother Miller and I were trying to help him in the dinner hour. And uh, so anyway, we need help because we're a mess. And the Word of God can help us. And I love this theme, this idea of advance. So I want to go right to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to pray here, and then give me your undivided attention. I've got one shot. Please listen. Please pay close attention, and let's have God speak to us. Now, I know how it is. You traveled, and some of you came a long distance, and you were in the car, the van, the bus, whatever you rode in. Hopefully, you weren't near somebody that was really crazy and drove you nuts the whole time. But you in the back there... Yeah, they, they just all of a sudden started pointing. So it's the guy with the glasses. Is that the one? Yeah, all right. I don't know. It's the one over there. I didn't even have to ask for somebody. They just started pointing. Here's the thought. Whatever you've had going on today, I want you to kind of push it out of your brain right now. Okay? Whatever you're going to do later on, I want you to push that out of your brain. And I want you to give God's word your undivided attention. I want you to be focused, focus, focus. I got on an airplane, and there was an older gentleman up in front of me, and if he's older than me, you know he was old, and he was up there, and before we took off, he had his headset on, before we took off, he had his video game system up, handheld, and he was rocking Fortnite before we took off. A grown man, Brother Miller, a grown man, I mean... He never stopped the whole entire flight until after we had landed. Non-stop, he was just like, you know, and that stupid jumping thing that it does, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, that's a grown man. The whole time, intense about Fortnite. Well, let me just go ahead and say that. That's just playing war, right? But we're in a real spiritual war. We're in a real spiritual battle. So I want to try to go right to it tonight. And I want you to listen very, very intently. Let's go to prayer. Father, I need your help tonight. I do not want to waste this opportunity to preach your word. So, Father, I pray in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts right now. Lord, this church has made an investment of time, of money, of prayer. The churches who've come, Lord, their pastors have made the decision for these youth departments to be here. And I pray, dear Lord God, you give every young person exactly what they need. Pray every adult would get exactly what we need. Lord, I do pray you'd bind our adversary, the devil. Lord, I understand with this subject matter, the devil would love to take the seat of the Word of God from the hearts of the young people. I pray, God, you'd make it go down deep into their heart. 
And I pray you change lives here tonight. And Lord, I depend totally on you. Lord, I need strength right now. I pray you give me clarity of mind. I pray you give me clarity of speech. And I pray Christ would have preeminence. We love you. We praise you. We pray in Jesus' precious and holy and wonderful name. And all God's teenagers said, Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, pick it up in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, help me, what's the next two words? Be strong. Talk to me again. What's it say? Be strong. In the Lord. Now, some of you young men in particular can throw up the weight on the bench. That's great. I'm happy for you. But here we're talking about being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, together out loud. Ready? Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So the devil is a real opponent. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So the devil's real. Watch me now. It's not a game. It's not a joke. There is a real devil. Just as much as there's a real God in heaven, there is a real devil. He's our adversary. He's the opponent. And here the Bible talks about the wiles of the devil. It's the idea of the trickery of the devil. The devil is subtle, and he's sneaky, and he's a liar. And so the devil is our opponent. He's our enemy. And here the Bible says that we're to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, notice, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So the idea of wrestling, if you've ever wrestled, how many of you young men in particular have wrestled before? You wrestled in high school? Anybody done that for high school? Now, and if not, everybody here, you've wrestled at some point, wrestling against somebody. In just a couple of minutes, you can be exhausted. Wrestling is very intense. So here it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, look in your Bible, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there is a real God, the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, and then there is our enemy, the devil, our opponent, our adversary. Wherefore, verse 13, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So the wicked one, the devil, the forces of hell, has this idea of fiery darts. And the idea would be just like in real war, you would be avoiding anything that was incoming. You would not want to have a bullet hit you. You would not want to have a bomb go off near you. You would be seeking to protect yourself. Here the Bible says that we are to uh, take the shield of faith, which can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Then verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, typically when we talk about the idea of spiritual warfare, we focus especially on verses 10 through 17. But tonight, I want you to look at verse 18. And I'm not sure all of what the men will preach over the next few days, but right away, Brother Frost, right away, God burdened my heart for this idea in verse 18. Please notice, praying. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. 
and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. May I suggest this evening, don't stop at verse 17 when considering what it means to be taking on the whole armor of God, to be prepared for spiritual warfare. Verse 18 is a necessity. Now, I want you to notice the first word together. Talk to me. The first word is what? Praying. Are you there? Verse 18. Would you mark it if it's your habit to mark or underline in your Bible? The word is what? Praying. Everybody help me one more time. The word is praying. Now, theme for our conference, advance. You see that up there? The theme is advance. If you're going to advance, you're going to have to advance on your knees. Do you hear what I just said? If you're going to advance, you're going to have to advance on your, help me, knees. There's too many young people being raised up in our type churches, and I'm not against you, I'm for you. I'm not bragging, I'm nothing, I'm nobody, but this coming August, I'll have worked at our church full-time for 30 years. And much of what I've done through 30 years, tied in with young people and teenagers and by the grace of God, like the men who preach this week, I've, I've seen a lot of teenagers come. I've seen a lot of teenagers go. And I've been privileged to preach to young people through all these years. And so I'm not against you. I'm for you. I very much believe in you. I don't stereotype teenagers. You all know what that word means, right? All teenagers are rebellious. I don't believe that for a second. I believe most teenagers in this room want to make it for God, want to live for God. But as I've watched through the years, too many young people who've had good parents and come from good churches and raised in our type of Bible-believing youth departments have ended up becoming spiritual casualties. They've ended up being young people that instead of going onward, forward, like a soldier advancing for the cause of Christ, they've ended up being taken out as a casualty at some point. Let me just go ahead and say this. You don't have to become a casualty. Oh, Brother Clark, it's 2019. You can't really expect all these young people are going to live for God. Absolutely. We expect that you're going to live for God, and you can live for God because you can do all things through Christ Jesus, and it's not because it's a difficult age, time for you to get soft. It's time for you to get tough instead of going and, you know, I'm going to kind of hide in my closet. No, no, no. You're to contend for the faith. You've got to be a woman of God. You've got to be a man of God. You've got to be enlisted in the Lord's army and take things seriously, but if you don't learn to pray, you're going to become a casualty. Did you hear what I just said? You're go Brother Adam, they're going to become that. Because I don't care how gifted you are. I, I don't care how much talent you have. I, I don't care who you know, who you're connected to, what your abilities are. If you don't have a real walk with God, it's a matter of time before you're taken out. Brother Miller, through the years, typically, I'd say to a young person, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, what's the number that describes your prayer life? Brother Randy, a lot of times, you know, I hear the honest kids, a lot of times it's a 4, a 5, Nah, not very good. May I suggest prayer is your opportunity to know God, and God is worth knowing. God deserves better than four. God deserves better than five. 
I'm saying this, you need to be walking close to God and you cannot walk close to God unless you are serious about your prayer life. I'm talking about tonight a very serious subject. I mean, we're coming right out of the gate with about the most serious subject we can have. And it's deep because we can say roller coaster. Man, you just sit up straight and get excited. We can say dating and courting, whatever your family does, betrothing, whatever it is, I'm for it, and your parents and your youth leaders. But if I said dating, man, just woo, man, just you get that zing. Pizza, P-I-Z-Z-A, double, it's double Z's, right? Pizza, just pizza. I mean, just you, you, you all felt it, right? Pizza, and you just get that. Then we say prayer. 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 No, 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 no. Prayer is not boring. Prayer, but Stephen, prayer is not boring. It's not supposed to be dead, dry, dusty. Now listen, prayer is when we talk to God and we have God talk to us in our heart. Very simple. Did you get what I just said? Help me now. Prayer is when we talk to who? God. And when we have God talk to us in our heart. Again, help me now. Together, all of that. Ready? Prayer is when we talk to God. Stop right there. One more time. Ready? Prayer is when we talk to God. And when we have God talk to us in our what? Heart. Now, you like to talk. Absolutely. I have three daughters. We do a lot of talking in our home, all right? And if you're not talking, you're texting. You communicate, absolutely. Question, on an average week, how much time do you spend communicating with God? How much time do you spend talking with God? Prayers when we talk to God and we have God talk to us in our heart. Can you imagine what it would feel like if I lived in my house... And I have my wife, my three girls, my oldest, Christiana, just got married by the grace of God. And she got married. So I have my other two girls there. Can you imagine if we lived in the same house and my girls never talked to me? I would be heartbroken. I would be heartbroken if they never talked to me. Now, by the grace of God, how many of you believe you're saved? Would you say amen? amen? Some of you don't know what that means. You're going to find out in some of the messages to come. But for those of you that say you're saved, that means this. You're either the son of God or the daughter of God. Question, do you communicate with your father? God wants to hear from you. Now, that's a pretty amazing thought because God's the one who made the sun, the moon, the stars. God's the one who is eternal God. He's immutable God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever God. He's king of kings. He's lord of lords. He knows your name. He knows your address. He knows you as, your, as his son or daughter. He wants to hear from you every day. Are you talking with God? If we're not having a prayer life, we're just playing church. We're just playing Christian soldier. I don't mind the outfit. It actually fit. Brother Randy's pants fit. Hallelujah. <laughs> we were talking about youth conference outfits. But can I be honest? If I run into a soldier at the hotel tonight, I'm going to be a little embarrassed. I mean, like a real big dog, American soldier, you know what I mean? When I was young, these things didn't look that bad. But now you get old, you just kind of look funny. And if I run into a real soldier tonight, Brother Miller, like we walk in a hotel, I'm going to just, I'm going to let you talk to him. I'm going to go hide. You say, why? Because he's for real and I'm not. And there's some of you have your Baptist uniform on tonight. And I love you to death. I'm not here just to rip your face off. I'm just shooting straight. 
You, you, you wear the gear. You've got the out. You've got that listen to preaching look on your face right now. Y'all are doing so well. You're not even on your phones. Hallelujah. Watch. You're, I got your Bible out in your lap. Just like, dude, this is, yeah, wow. I'm listening. You might be thinking about why didn't I eat lunch? Why I'm starving right now. You might be thinking that girl is so pretty. I cannot even listen to this preacher. I wish he'd shut up. I want to go meet her. Listen. Don't play Christian soldier. Be a Christian soldier. And if you're not praying, you're not serious. Tell the person next to you right now. Say, if you're not praying, you're not serious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're not praying, you're not serious. So here's what happens. Our Christian school students, they come through. And, and by the way, I'm for public school. How many public school kids? Raise your hand. Let's give them a hand. Loving the public school kids right now. Proud of you for taking your stand. Homeschool kids, raise your hand. Homeschool, yeah, yeah. Look, got that, got that look in your eye. I could tell. Come on now, Christian school kids. Anybody here? Christian school kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Christian school, homeschool, drop out of school, whatever it is. At some point, you come across, flip the tassel, ready to face the world. Next stage, out of high school. Question: You're going to be a spiritual casualty? Are you going to go forward for God? You're going to advance? You're not going to advance unless you learn how to advance on your knees. Go back to the verse. Ephesians 6, verse 18. First word was praying. Keep your marker here. We're going to come back and forth. Go to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. We're in good shape tonight on time. I've been given plenty of time to preach. Thank the Lord for the opportunity. Proverbs chapter 15. You know, I want to do a lot of whatever God likes. Does that make sense? I, I want to do a, a lot of whatever God likes. I don't want to just do what I think God likes, like my opinion. For instance, study to show thyself approved unto God. You know what that means? If I study, God approves. I, since that's the truth, I need to study more because it's a definitive thing in the Word of God that God likes. But go ahead and look at Proverbs chapter 15 and pick up verse 8. Notice this. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. What they're doing, that's just wicked. And it's an abomination. But, mark this in your Bible, please. The prayer of the upright, help me, what's those next words? Is his delight. It's his delight. The prayer of the upright is his delight. You know what that means? God loves it when you pray. He delights in when you pray. When you delight in something, you enjoy it. And when you from on earth pray towards the heavens, there is a real and living God who listens to what you say. Amen. You ever have somebody just ignoring you and it gets on your nerves because you know you're talking but they're not listening? You've, ever, you've had that happen, right? And then some people purposely, purpose back in the day, this was talk to the hand. Some of you are old enough to remember that. Talk to the hand. You smack your hand. And here's the deal. God, God is not up in heaven saying, yeah, go ahead, try to get my attention. God wants to give you his attention. God wants to hear from you. You say, again, well, I'm not very talented. I don't have much ability. It has nothing to do with that. If you're saved, you're his child. He's wanting to hear from you. And when you pray, God enjoys it. God delights in it. God wants more of it. Let's do more of what God likes. So go back to Ephesians 6.18, look at the second word. 
Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 6.18. And again, this is in the context of spiritual warfare. It's in the idea of battle. Cool picture, dude. No, no, listen. We're really talking spiritual warfare in Ephesians chapter 6. It's not a game. It's not a joke. We really are soldiers for the Lord. And notice verse 18, praying. Talk to me. What's the next word? Always. Did it say sometimes? No, no. It said praying, talking to God, having God talk to you in your heart, praying always. Keep your marker here. Go to Luke chapter 18. It's a great simple verse. Luke chapter 18. Young men in particular, get there. Don't be lazy. In the youth conference, let's turn. Let's get there. Y'all are doing well. Come on now, game time. Get your game face on, and let's go make sure that we're paying attention to the Scriptures. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Are you there? Luke 18, 1. Men ought when? Always. Talk to me. Don't get weak. Men ought what? Always. always. You ought to mark that. Ephesians 6, 18, praying when? Always, men ought always to pray, praying always. God wants us praying always. He wants us in a spirit of prayer. The idea is pray without ceasing. It ought to be that we are in constant communication with God. Hello, balcony. Y'all doing well up there. You look like you're paying attention. Dr. Weedo, you made it. Glad you're here. Praying always. Communicating with God. You know, it's very important when you're in battle. Um, what's on that man's microphone? What's, <laughs> I gave it away. What's on that man's mouth right there? Talk to me. Y'all aren't blind. What's on the man's mouth? Microphone. Who did that real loud? You're a good man. Where are you at? Who is this real loud? You're good. I'm going to buy you something afterwards. I don't know what yet, but I'm going to buy you something. Listen, he's got a microphone. Let me ask you a question. Does he look like he's being quiet right there? I don't see him being quiet. He's in communication, right? Because in battle, you got to have good communication. Hey, listen, spiritual warfare is not a game. It's not a joke. I could take you to my office, and if my walls could talk, I could have story after story after story of young people who have wrecked and ruined their lives while they're young because they got taken out in the midst of spiritual battle. If my carpet could let all the tears come back up, I'd swamp the room with tears of young people who in the moment at youth conference kind of half paid attention and didn't get serious about the subjects of the Word of God. It's not a game. It's not a joke. You need a prayer life. Advance on your knees. Go forward on your knees. Win the victory on your knees. I'm a soldier. I'm going to be a bad, bad man. You're stupid if you try to fight in the flesh. The way up is down. You can't advance without getting on your knees. Praying always. Pray without ceasing. In a constant communication with God. Question, time out. How much did you talk to God today? Today. Oh, that's not fair. It's a youth conference day. Okay, yesterday. Well, that's Sunday. And oh, so then tell me, what day are you talking with God? 
When's the last time? Sweet hour of prayer. Really? Has that ever happened? Well, it'd be really hard to talk for an hour. Oh, time out. Um, probably your car ride, van ride, bus ride here that was over an hour. Probably most of the people in the vehicle didn't shut up. Except those who were very tired because they were up ironing their t-shirt at 4 a.m. To, uh, to be looking good here at the conference. And, you know, that, if not, they're talking. You say, what's the point? You don't have trouble talking to each other. We need to get to the point where it's not a trouble to talk to God. Praying, Ephesians 6, 18. Second word, praying, when? Always. Next. Look at it quick, quickly. Ephesians 6, 18. You're doing great. Praying, always. And then notice this, with all prayer and supplication. With all prayer and, what's that word? Supplication. Okay? Supplication. What's that? It's the idea of there's an urgency. There, there's an urgency to what it is that you're bringing to the Lord in prayer. I said prayer is talking to God. We're going to develop it just a little bit. I don't have much time to do it tonight. And having God talk to you in your heart, part of prayer is asking. Prayer is asking. And the idea would be that there should be an urgency to the way that you pray. Keep your marker here. Flip over to James chapter 5. Many of you have this one memorized. James chapter 5. It's a great verse in the Bible. James chapter 5. If you're having to mark or underline, make sure you get this one. James chapter 5 and verse 16. James 5 verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Verse 16, the second half, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And God goes on to talk about Elijah and his prayer from heaven where fire was called down. But the verse said, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I said earlier, prayer is not supposed to be dead, dry, dusty. Prayer is supposed to be done with some zeal. Prayer is supposed to be done with some enthusiasm. Prayer is supposed to be done with some fervor. You're to be serious about having this walk with God where you're in communication with him and you're wanting to hear from God and you're wanting to walk with God, and you're wanting to know God. Ephesians 6, 18 again, please go. Praying, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Notice this, next three words, in the Spirit. Yes. Praying in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Keep your marker there. Flip over to Jude verse 20. Jude verse 20, please notice. The idea of praying in the Spirit. See, the Bible says walk in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you'll pray in the Spirit. Does that make sense? If you walk in the Spirit, you'll pray in the Spirit. If you have the Holy Ghost on the inside, He's your prayer helper. He's your prayer partner. And in Jude verse 20, the Bible makes a statement, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, mark this, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying, notice, in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit. Same idea, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, same person of the Godhead. And here it's the idea of building up your faith, your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Let me ask you a question. Are you listening to the Holy Ghost who's inside of you when it comes to having a prayer life? Do you understand you've got God living inside of you? And the Holy Ghost of God is the one that wants to help you to pray. 
He'll help you to know what to pray for. He'll help you to know when to pray. And he will give you the strength to pray as God would have you to pray. Look at Romans chapter 8. Flip there quickly. Thanks for turning. You're doing great tonight. I'm rolling right along. Romans chapter 8. I'm glad for the privilege of prayer. And I'm burdened in my spirit that you would learn how to pray the way the Bible wants you to pray. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Please notice, likewise, the Spirit. Do you see that? Holy Spirit, person of the Godhead, indwells you when you get saved. You're sealed with him. Likewise, the Spirit, notice, also helpeth our infirmities, our weaknesses, with our needs. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We got issues. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession. He's our go-between. He's our helper. He pleads for us. For us with groaning, which groanings which cannot be uttered, and he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So here's what the Holy Spirit does inside of you. He helps you to know what to pray. He helps you to know how to pray. He helps you and emboldens you to pray with the right Spirit. He is your guide in your prayer life. Go back to Ephesians 6, in the Spirit. Are you praying in the Spirit? In the Spirit. Young people, you can't pray in the Spirit if you're grieving the Spirit. Did you hear what I just said? Hey, balcony, did you hear me on that? You can't pray in the Spirit if you're grieving the Spirit. You say, what's grieving the Spirit? It's the idea of saddening the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, when would I do that? When you tolerate your sin. See, the Holy Spirit and sin, they don't mix. And you can come to the place of saddening the Holy Spirit inside of you, grieving him by tolerating your sin. Let me say it this way, Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You say, dude, you said that God would hear me if I pray. But if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Bible says the Lord will not hear me. What's regard iniquity? It's the idea of letting it take root. It's the idea, watch me, you have a sin that is your pet sin that you're holding on to that you're not willing to repent of. Let me just go ahead and say it. We need a revival of getting right with God and getting rid of the sin that's grieving the Holy Spirit and blocking up our prayer lives. It should not be that if I asked you to pray right now, your prayer would bounce off the ceiling because you're holding to your sin. There is no sin worth holding on to that would sacrifice your opportunity to walk with the God of heaven every day. So you got to confess your sins, not grieve the Spirit. You don't want to quench the Spirit either. Quench the Spirit. It's like this. If we had a fire extinguisher, I'm sure there's one close. And if you had one and you pull the pen, you squeeze that handle, you know what comes out? That chemical. And on a flame, it just... Whew, and smothers it. Just, and it puts the flame out. I didn't say you lose your salvation, but when you quench the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit, it's like just putting the flame out. You know why our prayer lives have no fire? Because we've quenched the Holy Spirit. So you grieve the Holy Spirit when you tolerate sin. You quench the Holy Spirit with an unyieldedness. And unyieldedness. Let me ask you a question. Who's calling the shots? Uh, let me ask you a question. Who's directing your life? I'm talking about what you say. I'm talking about what you think. I'm talking about where you go. 
Oh, dude, you're not going to the music, are you? Yeah, what you listen to? What you, who's, who's determining? Well, this is what I like. Well, who cares what you like? What's God say? And by the way, if you get a prayer light, you start liking more of what God likes. Y'all track and watch me now. Prayer is the most spiritual thing you can do as a Christian. There is a spirituality to prayer that we're missing in our type churches, our type youth departments, because we're not as spiritual as we should be. We're not to be worldly. Love not the world. Gentlemen, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You don't need to love the world. You need to love the Lord. But you're not going to love the Lord unless you're consistent in your walk with God. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. Young people, Brother Miller, you know this is the truth. He traveled cross country today. Brother Randy and the whole crew and everybody here. I, I'm having a time. I didn't walk in and, oh, young people, it's so difficult to serve God. You're, it's going to be a very miserable experience. I am loving life. I'm not just saying that. I'm living the dream. I'm having a great time. Brother Adam, listen, I, I, I don't have any, any regret about serving God. My only regret is I've been such a sorry Christian and haven't served him better. There's nothing in the world for me, but I love my Lord. I love being a Christian. I love the Word of God, and I don't want to have a Christian life that's dead, dry, dead dusty. Man, I want to be in God's army. I want to stand up, stand up for Jesus. Before I can stand up, I need to kneel down. And when I'm kneeling, I'm standing. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Notice verse 18, in the spirit. Then notice this, I'm watching. Watching there unto. Interesting. It's the idea literally of staying awake like a guard. You know, wherever these guys stay, somebody stays awake at night. Check this out. Are you listening? The soldiers, they don't just all go to sleep at the same time. There's always somebody, here you go, on guard. Watching there unto. I'm, I'm going to say this, and some of you need to hear this. It's the idea of staying awake like a guard late at night or early in the morning. And the idea that there are times when prayer is more important than sleep. I know you love your sleep, but sleep is overrated. And prayer is underrated. Did you hear what I just said? Because here's what happens. We got a lot of young people. God bless you. I love you. I, I'm not, I've got whatever number this is, 10, whatever, you know, latest, greatest, I think. If not, they'll give me that at some point here. here here's my point. If you're up on your phone half the night, you're not going to get up in the morning and walk with God. Uh, am I okay? Am I correct? Are y'all tracking what I'm saying? It comes down to, it, listen, if you're going to be like the dude on the plane with your Fortnite game until 1 a.m., you're probably not getting up at 6 a.m. to pray. Are, are you tracking what I'm saying? If you're in front of the TV, come on now. Everybody sit up straight. Come on now. Stay with me now. I'm almost through. I need your attention. We're on the home stretch. Here's the point. Here's the thought. Watching there unto, that's for the people real serious. See, you don't let somebody stay on guard, Brother Miller is going to fall asleep on guard. Y'all tracking? Right. I mean, if, if, for protection's sake, why would you stand on guard? For protection. Right. Some, somebody's got to stay awake so the enemy doesn't slide in. Right. Y'all tracking? Right. And you don't call on some idiot who's going to go to sleep during watch time, during guard time. So watching, it's the idea of somebody's got to be serious about caring for the safety 
of my youth department? Who's standing guard? Who's watching guard? Who's somebody that says, hey, I'll stay up like the Bible mentions at midnight? You know, the Bible says Jesus continued all night in prayer to God. I'm not bragging on us. We do a meeting starts tomorrow night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night for a bunch of preachers. So Friday night, we had an all-night prayer meeting. We start at 11.30. We go through till 5 a.m. We do some other things, help people stay awake. We give a little devotion there. And, and, but you say, what are we doing? We're serious about prayer. Amen. And we have preachers' prayer lists that they send in. And our people come together, including teenagers. Are you with me? And, and Brother Raven, we pour. We pour over those prayers. You say, why? Because there's hurting people. Brother Dave Peterman's name came up there and his three teenage children. Their dear mom, Catherine, in her 40s, just died of cancer a month ago. And his back's been out. And they're trying to come to our meeting. So you know what we did? We went and we were watching. We were praying. We were praying affectionately, fervently. Oh, God, please touch his back. Lord, we need him to come to the summit. He needs to come with his children. He needs the help. Are you listening? Not bragging. You say, what in the world has God put watching in there? Because here's what it does. It highlights prayer. You know what I said? I said, if it's your habit to mark or underline your Bible, underline. And you know what some of you did? You have a highlighter or you mark under. You know what it does? It brings emphasis. Watching brings emphasis. And there are some things you can do in the Bible to emphasize prayer. I'm trying to get some of you that think you want to be special forces, spiritually speaking, to understand there's another, another level of prayer that you've got to get yourself to with the help of God or you're just playing Part of it is watchings. Like, are you going to get up out of bed and pray or not? I'm going to come to the altar right now, Brother Clark. I'm going to be a prayer warrior. Really? Not without a spiritual discipline. See, soldiers are disciplined. I preach in San Diego sometimes. They got a lot of military there. They train the SEALs there at Coronado. And sometimes we'll fly in, and, and they don't have to be in uniform. They don't even have to be in uniform. Some of these old head officers, you just look and say, that is a bad, bad man. I don't know what he does, but I would not want to go. They just have a look to them. And you know what? They have an alertness. They have a discipline. Are, are you listening to what I'm they, They're not sleeping in church. They're not, on the, they're not playing. No, no, no. Watch me. They, they are game face on. Like, they're, 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 they, are, they are our best in our American military. Let me ask you a question. Who's our best in our type Bible-believing churches? We've got a country dying and going to hell. We're in the battle for this nation's future. You've got to get serious about your grandkids like now and say in my type church, as for me and my friends, we will serve the Lord. Well, who's going to do the hard thing of prayer? You can't advance unless you're on your knees. Watchings is a discipline. Fasting. These things come without force, but by prayer and fasting. I'm not bragging. We chose seven days at our church. And people could just, and it was private. We, they don't put their name on it. We, we have a sign up for, there's a 30, there's, anyway. There, there, so there was people just checkbox. Between them and the Lord. You know what it was? It would take a day to turn the plate over. And instead, go to God in prayer. You say, why would you do that? Because the Bible says. The Bible says we should. He said, these things come not forth but by prayer and fast. There are some battles. There are some, ba there are some walls that if you're going to break through, it's got to be the hand of God. And Christ said, it's by prayer and fastings. 
Now, you don't fast all the time. God made us to love food and all God's people said. But there are times for those of you that want to graduate to the next level in your spiritual life where you turn over the plate, it's between you and the Lord, and it emphasizes prayer. It highlights prayer. That whole concept of praying effectually, fervently, it's the idea of it's not just some routine, rote, repetitious prayer. It's from the heart to the Lord with your heart in it. And God hears it because you're emphasizing it with your heart. Watchings. Quickly. Look at it again, Ephesians 6.18. In the Spirit and watching thereunto, please notice with all perseverance. With all perseverance. Perseverance is the only one time it's found in your King James Bible right there. With all perseverance. It's the idea of the urgency of the need. It's the idea of importunity. It's the idea of coming again and again and again. And, and it's the idea of kind of like when my girls were young and they really wanted something. Daddy, 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 please, please, please. Daddy, 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 please, please, please. They repeatedly came. That's the way we're to pray. With all perseverance. Please notice, and supplication, I already mentioned that. This is really, really, really super important. The last three words. Don't turn me off. The last three. Can I have till 720? Am I okay? Or is that bad? It's hard when you are sitting here looking at me and they're all watching you. So I'm supposed to respect what the pastor said. I guess it's 715. Was I early on that? I'm a 720 man. Thank you. God have mercy. Now I know you're saying, oh boy. You know. The last three words. Together out loud. You got it? Ephesians 6.18, last three words. Ready? For all saints. I think we're missing it here. Because you know when you pray, when it's something you need. But you need to pray when it's something he needs. Paul's request was verse 19.20. He asked for utterance. Do you see that? Verse 19, verse 20. He asked for utterance. He, he wanted the Lord's help on given him opportunity, open door to proclaim the gospel. So he gave his request to the people here at Ephesus. Pray for me, for all saints. We are so selfish in our praying. Yes, we are. Oh, as soon as we have our need, we're all about praying. Let me ask you a question. If your church gives that prayer request on prayer meeting night, do you pay any attention at all? Do you ever get out a pen and write down a prayer request when somebody says, please pray for, do you ever write it down? Do, do you ever, when you hear a prayer request given, do you ever take seriously that request and make it your own? See, we're very, very selfish. So when we have a problem, we want everybody to pray. Yeah, selfish. That's our problem. We have a problem, we want everybody to pray. But we don't pray for everybody else's problems. Mm. The spiritual person will pray for others, mm. for all saints. Saints, that's my brothers and sisters in Christ. You're my brother. Listen, we ought to love our brother, and one of the ways you show love for your brother is to pray for them. Amen. I'm going to do this super quick. Go to Acts 12. Harry, 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 Harry. And by the way, I was given plenty of time to preach. I'm just... Slow. Acts 12. I don't have time to go through this whole story, but there was war going on. There was a guy named Herod, and he was not a good dude. He had killed James, the brother of John. K. 
killed him. And he saw there was a group of Jews that really liked that, so he said, oh, they like that. I'll kill Peter too. So Peter gets locked up. He killed James, verse 2. He took Peter, verse 3. He apprehended him, locked him up, right? Preacher's in trouble. Preacher's locked up. This is a real guy, Peter, all right? And, and he's locked up. Notice that four quaternions. Do you see that? That's 16 soldiers. They arrest him in verse 4. And they're holding him, and he's kept in prison, verse 5. Herod was going to bring him forth, verse 6. He planned to bring him back the next day. He was going to die the next day. Just like James, the brother of John, Peter's going to die. All right, check this out. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Quickly, 30 seconds. Are you ready? We're talking war here. We're talking in the world today, they say there are more people being martyred for the name of Christ than ever before. In the world today, they say there are more people being literally killed for Christ than at any other point in world history. Brother Adam, that's hard to wrap my brain around. Could I live in the greatest nation on earth with freedom to assemble and freedom to speak? But our freedom to assemble and our freedom to speak has made us soft. But here, they were going to lose their preacher the next day at the hand of Herod. God steps in, sends his angel. Seven, chains fall off. Arise up quickly, seven and eight. Cast thy garment on. Nine, he goes out in the street into ten. The gate opened in verse ten. He's out there. Peter thinks he's having a dream. He said in eleven, I know of a surety. This has really happened and the Lord has sent his angel. Boom, are you watching? Chains drop, gates open. Peter walks out in the street. He's free, Brother Randy. Blows his mind. He realizes this is real. He considers the thing in 12. He goes to the house of Mary, the mother of John, where, verse 12, last statement, are you there? Don't lose me now. Come on now. I got six minutes. Don't lose me. Where many were gathered together, help me, church, praying. Everybody, what were they doing? Praying. And as Peter knocked at the door, please notice, a damsel came. In the Bible, a damsel is a young, unmarried girl like you. All of you girls here that are young and unmarried, you're a damsel. And here it is, a damsel came to hearken. Peter's knocking at the door named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, who is it? It's Peter. Here's what she did. She opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. So Peter's here. He's trying to save his life. He's trying to get out of the, you know, street here. And Rhoda goes running in and just leaves him standing there knocking. All right, so Rhoda was a blonde. There's no doubt about it. But watch this, watch this. The people finally understand. They didn't have a lot of faith. They told her, thou art mad. You're crazy, girl. And then they said, real spiritual, it is his angel. They didn't even believe it was him. They were astonished, verse 16. Do you see it? And at 17, he starts testifying, the Lord had brought him out of the prison. How could this happen? This is really going to happen. Peter's going to die. What in the world happened that Peter got delivered? Go to verse 5, quickly. It's the fastest three-minute sermon you're going to hear in your life. Are you ready? Verse 5, Peter therefore is kept in prison. You know what that is? That's the problem. When the preacher's locked up, that's a problem. May I dare suggest to you, we got a whole lot of problems in our churches. We got a whole lot of problems in our country. So we have problems too. Peter therefore is kept in prison, but notice this, prayer, prayer. There was a problem, but there was an answer. What's that? Prayer. Prayer was made, notice, without ceasing. That's the priority. Are you listening? The problem, the preacher got locked up. But prayer is made, and notice, without ceasing. You know what that means? Prioritizing. Prioritizing. Question, how big of a priority 
is prayer in your life? What's it take to push prayer off your schedule? Everybody high-five the person next to you. And then come right back. Look at me. I have three minutes. A priority is something's important. Food, sleep. Where's prayer on your list? They prioritize. It was made without ceasing. Of who? Of the, look five, of the who? Church. Talk to me. Of the who? Church. Of the church. That's the people. That's the people. That's you. That's me. Um, they were meeting in Mary's house. They were not meeting in a building. Let's go to the church. No, you're looking at the church. I'm looking at the church. The church is not the building. The church is the people. And the church was praying. Is your youth department praying? Are you leading your fellow teenagers to pray? Prayer was without ceasing of the church unto who? Verse 5, look at it in your eyeballs. Unto who? God. Talk to me, unto who? God. That's the power. That's the power. And notice it was for him. That's the unselfishness. That's for all saints of Ephesians 6 and verse 18. Now, how much of a priority was it? Well, the angel had to wake Peter up because it was the middle of the night. And the older, other soldiers were sleeping. So you know what that means? There was an all-night prayer meeting going on. Amen. Watchings. Yep. It was happening, right? And check this out. Who answered the door? A teenager answered the door. Rhoda answered. I'm just a girl. I'm not called to preach. Number one, don't ever say in front of me you're just a girl because I have three daughters. Yeah, come on. You know all about it. We're rough on our girls. We preach more to girls probably than anybody because we have them, right? Here's the point. Don't give me the, I'm, I'm just a girl. I'm, I'm not called to preach. You're called to pray. Amen. God, give us a revival of the young ladies that know how to get hold of God and have a serious prayer life because Rhoda was at an all-night prayer meeting and she wasn't on her phone and she wasn't sleeping and she wasn't chasing some boy. She was praying. And Peter lived because the church prayed. What's moving you? What stirs you? Do you care that we've murdered 60 million babies in this country? Do you care that Sodomite Pride Month, the month of June, was more in, their, in our faces? That's bad stuff. That ought to make you care about the country. But you know what ought to make you care about the country even more? The condition of our type churches. But that, I'm just going to shoot straight. We need a revival of if my people, which are called by my name, Hey, look at me, look at me, balcony. Hey, everybody, look at me, look at me. If, which are called by my name. Hey, here, here's, if they shall what? Humble themselves. Hey, look at me, shall humble themselves. How often, I, I, I'll just be, Brother Tom Williams, he, he won't sit and pray. He'll stand and pray, he'll kneel and pray. He won't sit and pray. It, 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 he just doesn't believe in it. If you're physically able, hey, young men in the youth department, how often do we see, oh, we see boys shooting shots in the gym. Come on. We, we see boys doing a lot of different things. Where are the guys that are on their knees? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face. It's also during prayer you get to praise your God. It's also during prayer you get to worship your God. You get to walk with God. Father, I pray you would help me to live what I preach and not just make noise from a pulpit. Oh, God, I pray you'd grip up on this youth conference. I pray you'd grip up on my heart. 
God, forgive us of our prayerlessness. Forgive us for grieving the spirit, tolerating sin, quenching the spirit with unyieldedness, not praying with watchings, not praying for all saints. Lord, no supplication, no persistency, perseverance, not in the spirit. God, help me, help us. Lord, we need you. Oh, God, I plead the power of the blood and revive us. Lord, I pray the young people here would advance on their knees and I pray that they would hear tonight about how to be a teenage spiritual prayer warrior and make that choice to do so. Let's stand. Piano begins to play, sir. Thank you. If God spoke to you, don't come down here to play. Please, please, please. Don't come down here to play. Balcony, don't be lazy. I'm going to say it to you directly. I love you. You didn't do anything wrong. But feel free. These steps are for you. Just make your way down. Don't come to play. But would you come to pray? The invitation is to dedicate yourself to be a spiritual prayer warrior, a teenage spiritual prayer warrior. Say, Brother Clark, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Good. Don't be a hypocrite. Come and get right. Come and get right. Well, people know, and I kind of developed a reputation. The time to change that is now. With the help of God, repent of our prayerlessness. Love not the world. Love Jesus. Would you come? Take your time here at the altar. You don't need to rush. I, I want you to make a serious commitment, my young brothers. Young sisters, I want you to make a serious... Thank you, Balcony. Those making your way down, God bless you. I want, I want you to make a serious decision. Adults in this room, young men, uh, uh, youth leaders and others here, I, I'm preaching to me tonight. Some of you have been away from the Lord, missing that walk with God. Why don't you decide right now? I'm going to be a prayer warrior. Ask God to help you. He delights in your prayer. Right now, as you're talking to God, God's delighting. I'm going to be a prayer warrior. I'm going to be disciplined. Would you pray? sing you Psalm 55, 17. If you hold on that for just a moment, brother, thank you. I'm going to sing this to you. If you know it, you can sing it. Brother Roloff used to sing this to us. Psalm 55, 17 goes like this. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray, will I pray and cry aloud. And he shall hear my voice, he shall hear my voice, evening and morning and at noon, evening and morning and at noon. Have that as a prayer for your life, Psalm 55, 17. I'm done. You've listened phenomenal. Thank you for being gracious. Give me those extra couple of minutes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Pray for me, pray for us, if you don't mind. Pray for those preachers in New Jersey. God bless all of you. I love you. Thank you. Amen. Amen.